Welcome to the Becoming You podcast with your host, Rachel Wood. This podcast is designed to help you step into your greatest self with solo episodes with Rachel and her guests and their stories of becoming. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Becoming You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Wood. Today, I want to talk about what actually propels us to grow forward and to grow as people and what personal growth can really mean. So if you've been around here for a little while, you'll know that this podcast is all about our hero stories. I am deeply fascinated in people's stories of both personal growth, the struggle that they faced and how they overcame it and what they learned and how they became better people as a result of their struggles. And obviously that kind of falls in line with that very literary hero's tale. Any book that you read, whether it's Harry Potter, Star Wars, even though it's not a book, uh, Tolkien, yada, yada. Like the hero's tale is our story. It's the human story. And I'm deeply fascinated by it. But what I think I understood personal growth to mean is something actually quite different than what it can mean. Sure, personal growth can be that you do something out in your external world, but what I didn't understand was that personal growth can also be something that's like the inside job. You know what I mean? It can be stuff that you do, the way that you behave, not necessarily the external successes that you see on the outside. That's what I always thought it meant to go through a hero story because when we read and see these stories in books, in movies, it's something that's always external that happens. We rarely see these internal um, transformations happening because, and, and truly like we can't see it. We can only attest to our own experiences. And even then we could be very, very close to somebody um, and truly only see what's happening on the outside. So the only internal hero story that we can attest to is truly our own. But I kind of wanted to give a little insight or give you a window into some personal growth that I have personally had and something that I have dealt with for a very, very long time. If you're new to the podcast um, or if you're new to me, um, I used to struggle with an eating disorder and it's been a multi-year, probably, gosh, six plus year process of me both being in the depths of it, but then also going through recovery. And in the last few months, I noticed that I had gotten lax in my growth. It just be, kind of came into my awareness in the last few months. But if I'm being honest, my growth in that department has been lax for probably the last year plus. And maybe it's because that's something that just hadn't been a focus of mine because there's been other things that are in crisis, you know, in our world and in all of our lives. But I noticed this winter when things seemed to get very stressful, um, the symptoms started to internally come back. And when I mean internally, I don't mean like within my physical body, I mean in my brain. And so I took it upon myself to 
make myself a little bit uncomfortable. And I will say like when, you know, that phrase of like, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, um, this book got recommended to me and it's called sick enough. It's by a doctor. Her name is Jennifer Gaudiani. That's, I think that's how you say it. I'm going to put the link for this book in the show notes if anybody's curious, but this book is called sick enough. And I started reading it and I was immediately enthralled. And you might be thinking, why on earth would you be enthralled reading a book about eating disorders? And I'll let me backtrack here for just like a second. I'll get to it. But just know that this book was enthralling to me for a variety of reasons. But what I want this story to be about or this moment to be about is taking a look, like I said, at understanding how the internal hero's journey occurs. Because I think that what is really required for us to propel our personal growth forward consistently over and over and over again is not just challenging ourselves externally, but internally. It's that willingness to step into discomfort over and over and over again and not necessarily get lax with it for too long. Now, I understand personal growth is hard. It's hard, y'all. It's exhausting. It's tiring. But the work is never done because we are perpetually humans. And I'm a firm believer in that you have an opportunity every single day that you wake up to grow and to be a better person than you were the day before. Even if that's something silly and small, um, I feel that growth is something that consistently and perpetually can happen throughout our lives. I don't think that anyone is ever done growing or that you're ever a complete human. Um, it's just like in my world, that's just not a thing. So what are some of the things that for me, I know that I could be better about? Um, in general, I have gotten better at learning how to communicate with other people, Um, And that's something that is, it starts as an inside job, thinking about, am I communicating my needs, my desires, my intentions, my thoughts, and my feelings to other people adequately? And that takes a lot of conversation. I had one of these conversations with one of my best friends yesterday, and it felt like such a great conversation because it's something that not a lot of people do, I think. Not a lot of friends have these kind of deep dive conversations with each other anymore, which is really sad, but I think that's honestly the truth. Maybe you do, but that's just like not been a thing for me. And to be able to have a productive but also personal growth conversation and we're and where we're both critiquing one another, oh, so in, unbelievably valuable. And so like that felt like a really great growth moment for me. Um, the other thing is looking at myself and owning my own mistakes and my actions. So this is coming back or circling back to the whole idea of like, I have been fairly lax with myself in challenging myself around the recovery and the eating disorder. And so with that, I have to also be willing to learn and unlearn. So that's why I picked up this book and it's been so incredibly wonderful because the book is centered on giving medical explanations or giving medical understanding to the pathology and psychology of eating disorders. Now, 
Of course, there's a million resources that you can go to online. If you want to check out NIDA, National Eating Disorder Association, you can do that. I'll put the link for that also in the show notes. But like, there's a million resources out there um, for this stuff. And you could even go so far as to look at the DSM. Um, I think it's a DSM-5 is the current edition that they're on. And what was interesting to me was that in reading this book, I got so many golden nuggets of information, but also, and this is what I found fascinating, my willingness to keep reading and my willingness to truly challenge myself going forward, which I've already been doing in the weeks that I've been reading this book, was backed up by acknowledgement. Something I think that we can all learn in this season right now is that when people are failing to move forward or unwilling to grow, it's probably because they feel unacknowledged in some way. They haven't expressed where they're at. They haven't expressed how they feel for whatever reason. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's because they've been shut down in the past, you know, whatever the reason is. Maybe it's because they don't even know how they feel. But it was amazing to me in reading this doctor, she's an internal medicine doctor who specializes in eating disorders, reading her explanation or really her like kind of characteristic profile of the type of person that experiences anorexia, it was like reading about myself. I couldn't believe it. I almost burst into tears and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel validated. She sees us. She sees me and every other person that has experienced this because she's describing exactly the type of temperament Not that, you know, I'm white or that I'm female or that I'm, you know, cisgendered, but the type of temperament that can lead to this condition, I felt so validated and so seen because she was describing me exactly. And so having that backup validation, A, propelled me to keep reading But then B made me feel like, oh, okay. There's a reason why I have felt the way that I do. There's a reason why I I landed in the situation that I did. And it gave me so much encouragement to keep pushing. Now, I will say that I've I consider myself recovered, but at the same time, and I've considered myself recovered for many years, but just like an alcoholic never is not a fully recovered alcoholic, a person with an eating disorder is never fully recovered. At least I believe that. It's always, it's kind of one of those things that once you experience it, you can't unexperience it. Or once you've known it, you can't unknow it. It's always this thing that, you know, it lingers in the back of your mind. Maybe you really have just learned to not pay attention to it anymore, um, but it's still something that continually exists and you can either choose to allow it to take influence in your life or not. And for me, I've tried as best as I can to not allow it to continue to have influence in my life. 
But I will fully acknowledge I am not perfect and I 100% have areas where I can grow. And so in thinking about that, it really has propelled me to think long and hard about where I need to grow specifically. And when I started reading the book, I had no idea where this stuff was going to pop up for me. Some of the things I learned were that when I was trying to go through recovery in the beginning, because I was doing it alone, I was doing it a all wrong, (laughs) very wrong. And it prolonged the process for me. But that's also why if you're somebody that's in this situation, if you have access to medical care, you should 100% act on that reach out for it. And if you don't have access to medical care, reach out for the free services, reach out to Nita, reach out to a crisis line, like get connected with those services as best as you possibly can, because they are worth it. I didn't know better at the time. I didn't think that I was, as this book states, I didn't think that I was sick enough. I didn't because I wasn't classified as being underweight. I didn't think that I was sick enough for treatment. And my experiences sometimes confirmed that with the doctors that I saw. And that that experience is unbelievably common and the entire reason for why this doctor wrote this book. My point being, though, that when you allow yourself to couple acknowledgement with expansive thinking, you can grow in ways that you never thought possible. Case in point... The areas where I have stagnated for the last probably two years have been brought to the forefront because I really didn't even know how I was restricting. I, it wasn't even in my conscious awareness that that's what I was doing. To the point that in the last, you know, month or so, there were certain points at the during the day when I was what we call mentally restricting. And when I'd recognize it, I'd say, wow, Rach, why are you trying to starve yourself? And that hit me. And then when I had that thought, I just kind of had this conversation with myself about it. And I was like, wow, that doesn't make any sense. Why am I doing this? Why am I trying to starve myself? What purpose does it feed? And of course, I know the purpose that it feeds, but it's not one that I want in my life. It's not a purpose that I, you know, that's not the wolf that I want to feed, so to speak. And so being able to look at myself and walk into discomfort and step into it over and over and over and over again is huge. And you guys, this is what I'm saying when I say that so much of this is internal. What somebody sees on the outside is literally the tip of the iceberg, the absolute tip of the iceberg. All of the back end work that goes into taking a physical action of growth or that displays growth is there. There's so much. And I, I am always constantly encouraged and I, I try to empathize and understand as best I can with so many other people that I know are going through the exact same things. And it looks simple. It looks simple to do the hard thing. It looks where it can look really simple for, you know, if we want to use like a more benign explanation, 
it can look really simple for any old person to get in a car or to drive, to ride in an airplane or to ride a bike. But for somebody who's been so deathly afraid of those things, the mental backend work to get themselves to take that physical action, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. And so I guess what I really want to hit on here is don't underestimate the cognitive work and the cognitive load that you are doing in order to eventually display outward signs of growth. This is also why we should never judge other people for what they either are or aren't doing because we don't know what's going on in their heads. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Unless it's somebody that like lives with you and tells you their every waking thought, like we don't know what's going on with other people. For me, every single day at times can still be points of struggle. During this past winter, I know for a fact that I've had periods where I've been struggling, but then also periods where I've had what appears to be small successes, but internally they felt big. Over Easter, um, we had Easter dinner at my mom's house, and my mom makes the most fabulous crockpot mac and cheese. If you've had crockpot mac and cheese, it's you know, it's good. It's like baked mac and cheese. It's delicious. How could it be bad? And of course, mac and cheese is like one of those comfort foods. If you're a kid from the nineties or the, or the early two thousands craft mac and cheese, baby, heck yeah. That's like a staple food, even for kids now. But for years, I did not allow myself to eat mac and cheese years, probably close to a decade. And so giving myself the opportunity to eat mac and cheese at my mom's house over Easter, along with all of the other foods that were on offer, was really big for me. It may seem like literally nothing to anybody else, but for me, that felt big. And I choose to honor that. I choose to give myself the little pat on the back for that moment, for that mental work that I did to get that done to make it happen. This type of growth, I think, is so key. It's so key. It's so important. And to do it with a lot of intention, I think, is even better. Not all growth, actually, in my opinion, the vast majority of the growth we have as humans, I think, is internal. But our society says that growth is, you know, proven through externality. I highly disagree with that, but I also understand why that's the case. We're not mind readers. We don't know the experiences of others. But man, if I could just like have a projector that of my mind and my thoughts up on a screen for everyone to see all of the back end work that goes into challenging for me what feels like a scary food, y'all would be amazed. And for me, I know that I'm in a way better place than I was five years ago. Five years ago, 10x that amount of thinking and an amount of effort behind it. 10x, easily. But my point here is to say that that internal growth is super important and we can't discount it. We can't count it out and we don't have to. We get to count that as growth. We get to count that as our successes in being a better person. And to me, what I'm finding is that I actually value that kind of growth more now than I do the external stuff. 
Maybe that's just part of becoming an adult. Maybe that's just recognizing that, you know, external stuff is less important. I don't know what you want to call it. But for me, that internal growth is way more satisfying, I guess, in that I can see how it's making me become a better person. And that's really what I'm after. I want to be a better person every day. I don't give a rip if I have a fancy car. I don't care if I've, you know, got a house with a pool. I don't care if I'm, you know, selling paintings up the wazoo. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a certain level of success or that is a type of success, but it's not everything. And the type of growth that I'm really after is one that helps me to feel both more confident and feel like I can be of better service to other people. Hence, even me doing this podcast, I think probably two years ago, I never would have felt confident enough to like share this stuff. And even then, I've, I'm literally sharing with you a fraction of the things that I could tell you about my experiences around my eating disorder. But I just want you to know that whatever your internal growth is, it's worthy. It's beautiful. It's so awesome. Don't devalue it. You are making progress. It's that, like I said, the, the tip of the iceberg is the stuff that you see up top, is the stuff you see on the outside. And all the mental work, all the, the mental gymnastics that you have to go through, whether that's learning and unlearning and reflection and questioning yourself and you know, questioning your old ways of thinking, all that stuff it creates that aggregate effect. And it is so beautiful. Even for me, these food rules, what we'll call them, food rules that I've had for myself for years that I didn't even question because they'd become so entrenched in what I did every day and the way that my brain thought that I didn't even see them as rules. But then what's given me the courage to question some of that stuff, to kind of comb through my thoughts and my food rules was reading that book, that willingness to learn and unlearn. And now that I've been combing through my thoughts, I found a lot of snags in my thinking. I found a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't be there. I've had points where I could argue with myself. I could come up with justifications for why I thought the thing that I did. And I don't want to like share a bunch of my food rules because I don't want anybody to take those things and think that that's a good thing because they're not. But what I do want to share is that having these rules or these very, uh, overly structured assumptions about yourself and about the way that you operate and about your life and the other people in it, that rigidity may not be as helpful to you as you think that it is. Case in point, you guys know me. I'm a perfectionist at heart and my brain loves rules. It loves organization. It loves rigidity that's both like a personality thing, but also kind of the way that our brains are made to work for so many of us. 
It helps us to organize the world around us. It helps us to make sense of things. But I think that having that consistent evaluation of thought of both the way that our lives work and the way that we operate in our lives, so much of that is so deeply and heavily influenced by our upbringing, by our, the country that we live in, even the town or the state that we're from, the religion or spiritual backgrounds that we have. Those are all so deeply influential to the way that we understand the world and the way that we perceive ourselves. And this is also why like I'll, I'll tout travel to the, my dying breath, because I think that being able to see and experience the way that other people live and the way that other people interact with each other and the different types of social contracts there are in the world is so fascinating. It's so fascinating and it helps us to basically break the mental bonds of what we think that our lives are or what the way that we think that the world is supposed to operate, right? So for me, that practice of self-growth, of personal internal growth is so valuable because it helps me to break those mental bonds of how I think that my life quote unquote should be. And I can focus on instead how I want my life to be. Simple example. Um, I used to think that there were certain foods that I couldn't eat. And even to this day, there are certain foods that I really, really struggle with the idea of consuming them partly from my own personal issues, but then partly because I have too much food knowledge. And the reality is, is that just because I have these thoughts about this stuff doesn't necessarily make it true. And, or if I have the opportunity, if I want my life to reflect something different, I literally have to address those thoughts head on. There is no other way around it. I have to face the difficult thing straight up. And I can either walk up to it. I can run up to it. I can like run up to it and bounce off of it. Like it depends on how you want to go about working with this stuff. But for me, I kind of will gently saunter up to something because I like to be gentle with myself. I've learned that being gentle with myself is far more effective than it is to walk up to the thing and like try and tackle it all at once. That feels painful. That's hard. <laughs> Massive transformation comes from crisis. And that's what crisis is, is when you smack into the wall. It's hard. It's painful. It hurts. But if you don't have to do that, giving yourself the opportunity to saunter up to something and kind of experience it and look at it like you would a piece of artwork, maybe like a sculpture. Imagine you're at a museum and you see a sculpture that you've only ever seen. Maybe it's something really famous. Maybe it's something you've only ever seen in pictures, but then you get to experience it in real life because you you're willing to go to this thing. You're willing to go to it and look at it and imagine you get the opportunity to take as much as much time as you want to walk around it, analyze it, evaluate it, look at it real good, withholding judgment, and then you get to decide what you want to do with it. 
Do you like this thing? Do you not like this thing? How is it interacting with the external environment? Does it make sense? Is it helpful? That's what you can do with your thoughts. That's what you can do with your, really your assumptions or your rigidity in your thinking. That's been really helpful for me because I'll be the first to admit that I am stubborn, but at the same time, I strongly despise doing things that don't make any sense. I don't like doing things that don't make sense. Why would I want to live like that? So I am a big believer in doing things that make logical sense in common sense and trying to live by that. It's something that I deeply value. And so this piece of internal personal growth can be addressed a little at a time, but that's why we take it one day at a time, right? One day, one little thought, one little moment of personal growth. Hey, maybe today it's something that's external. Maybe you learn to like crack an egg with one hand. Super cool. Maybe it's just that, you know, you broke an assumption that, I don't know, a flower had a certain name. I'm like one of those, I don't know if you've ever experienced this when you were like, right now all the flowers are in bloom and I see a flower and I'm like, I think this flower is that name. And then I'll Google it. And I'm like, definitely not. That is not what that is called. (laughs) Small things. And some days it's going to be big things. Like for me this week, small example, I haven't bought cereal in years. And this week I bought cereal and I've been eating it and it's been great. That's just one small thing. But it's that willingness to try. It's that willingness to um, experiment and it's the willingness to give it a shot even if you're not really sure what's going to happen. That is growth. And I have to say, I think that it is far more valuable for us to do all these little steps of this deeply internal work than it is to be flashy about our external successes. Maybe that's very cliche of me to say, I don't know. I don't really care. If you have external stuff that you can show, I think that's great too. But also if somebody has a lot of external success that may, but may not could be an indicator of the internal work that they do. Not always but it could be. Okay. This is where I want to leave you guys today. I hope that you found this episode helpful. Like I said, I'm going to leave the info for that book and the Nita website in the show notes. As always, I'm sending you guys so, so, so much love. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with an eating disorder, please do not hesitate to reach out for help. That is like my kind of big claim on here. I wish that I had the resources. I wish that I'd had the knowledge or the information. That book, Sick Enough, written by an internal medicine doctor, and it is for patients, family, and other healthcare workers that don't know a whole lot about eating disorders. I, as a nurse, as a ex-nurse, find it highly instructive. And as someone who's struggled with an eating disorder myself, I find the book very, very informative. I encourage anybody that has young daughters, that has, you know, children that are very empathic and sensitive 
highly encourage you to read it. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox about this. I'm sending you guys all the support, all the love. I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.